Hi, Simon here. And before we get to this week's episode, I just wanted to tell you about our Black Friday course offer, where for one week only, we're offering you our comprehensive online only SUP safety course for 50% off. And that's a huge reduction down to £18.50 for lifetime access. It's full of instructor-led videos, quizzes and downloads with the key information you need to know and it's designed to help you weigh up and make the right decisions as you get on the water. The aim of the course is to give new or intermediate paddlers the help you need to become more self-sufficient. It's all useful stuff and it covers tides, conditions, weather, water flow, planning, cold water kit, beach safety and a whole lot more. This is an offer we only do over Black Friday week. So don't miss out on this 50% offer and you can claim it by going to supfmpodcast.com forward slash course and by using the code BF50. So that's supfmpodcast.com forward slash course using the code BF50 for 50% off and that offer ends at midnight on Tuesday, the 30th of November, 2021. Okay, let's get on with the show. Aloha, and welcome to SUP FM, the podcast for stand-up paddleboarders everywhere. So with no further ado, let's get out on the water and on with the show. Here are your hosts, Nick and Simon. Right, good afternoon, Simon. This is our first, first ever SUP FM book club, and I wonder, I'm just wondering how it's going to turn out. Well, I don't know. There's only one way to find out, isn't there? I mean, this is certainly something different, and we're increasingly looking at different formats. So, um, you know, it'd be really interesting to know what our listeners think of this. But, you know, we have been totally inspired over the years by, you know, a bunch of authors, uh, both directly from the stand-up paddleboard uh, fraternity and sisterhood, uh, but also from other people who have uh, really inspired our love of being on the water. So uh, we're going to deal and we're going to talk through some of our favourite books today. Yeah, should we just sort of list them off quickly, like a a kind of contents list, because we're going to talk about eight books in various stages of detail. Um, and the first one is Matt Crofton, Mighty. Second one is Laird Hamilton's Force of Nature, um, which we're probably going to gloss over. And then the third one is Laird Hamilton's current book, Life Rider. And the fourth one is Lizzie's, Lizzie Carr's Paddling Britain, who if you listened to, what episode number was it? A couple of oh. episodes back. Mm, a few episodes I can't recall. Anyway, but Lizzie, yeah. So um, she talked about that on, on Paddling on the episode. And number five is Mark Rainsley's Paddle the Thames, a guide for all of those of you over in the USA who want to come and, and explore the UK. Or if you're living in the UK, you can also explore the Thames. And number six, Fiona Quinn's Ignore the Fear, which I've read and it's fantastically interesting. Fantastically and then, interesting. Um, yeah, then we, we've got Tristan Gooley. So this is one of my contributions to the list. Absolutely fantastic guy, lives relatively close to me in a place called West Sussex, but looking forward to discussing that. And then finally, uh, we've got Wallace J. Nichols uh, with his book, Blue Mind, which again is a very fascinating read. Yeah, I mean, I had a look through all of these books and and they're completely different. So first of all, Matt Crofton, um, 
it's it's a novel and it's a story and it's an it's an it's a really compelling story because I think I think we first came across it when we were speaking to Dave Cornthwaite back in episode eighteen and this mm. is what he had to say about Matt Crofton because he was paddling down the Mississippi and uh, he just had this to say about Matt Crofton. Mm. I mean, there were two other guys paddling almost at the same time as you weren't there and that guy Matt Crofton he wrote a book called Mighty which I read as well oh Matt was Matt's an awesome awesome guy I was paddling maybe I was into day 10 or so and I hear this whistle and then this man shouting and I'm I'm alone on the river and and up above Minneapolis it's uh you know it's really windy uh, and maybe only 50 meters across and I look behind and there was another guy on a stand-up paddleboard I I couldn't <laughs> believe it um, so I, I slowed up and Matt caught me up and we high five mid river and he just told me a story and he's an he's an amazing guy he'd, he'd almost died the year before he'd been in a coma for a long time and um, and just miraculous that that he survived and he was still physically um, impaired in many ways you know his body was really slow his immune system wasn't too hot but he was just an absolute champion and uh, yeah his his book is brilliant it's called Mighty I. I think if anybody wants a, an inspiring, adventurous read, then then that's definitely the book to go and buy. Yeah, he's just about to get a publishing deal as well, because I think he self-published it. Mm. And uh, we're looking forward to chatting to him on SubFMs as soon as we can. So that's going to be fun too. Because it's interesting to hear about two different angles on that same year, on that same river from the st- stand-up paddling. Yeah, I mean, it was great. Um, it was great just to see somebody else on a board. You know, it's it was still pretty rare to see that back in 2011, let alone on the same stretch of river on the Mississippi. And Matt was traveling super slow just because of his physical condition. He was still recovering from uh, from from his illness the year before. And he, I think he'd started four years before me, but I hadn't, I didn't know about him. I, um, he wasn't too hot on the social media at the beginning of the trip, at least. And um, so it was a total surprise to see him. Um, but but really magic. And we've yeah, we still chat. And I, I love that man. He's a, just a super example of a human being. Because I read it afterwards and it was was fascinating. Have you had a chance to have a look at it? Uh, yeah, no, I, I read it and I, I absolutely devoured it. I think probably I think in one sitting back in 2015 originally, and I've I've read it since, and it's just a, a real um, affected affecting story. Um, you know, a true story. Uh, he suffered some very very serious health problems. And um, when he was in a coma and he was given 48 hours to live, uh, he made an amazing recovery and um, made a decision that he was going to uh, paddle the length of the Mississippi, the the mighty Mississippi. And um, and he set off on his journey, um, 2,552 miles. And originally his intention was to be the first paddleboarder down there. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't manage to achieve that, but he did achieve a lot of things on the way. Yeah, and I felt it was such an easy read as well. It was, you're right, it was compelling. And there was a very weird experience of him on the banks of a river when he was almost delirious i think do you remember mm. that scene yeah exactly and he didn't yeah i think he was still sick and he didn't know whether he was coming or going and, but then um yeah it was a, it was an incredible achievement and we've been trying to get hold of him actually to to get him onto the podcast but um no response yet no well if you're out there matt we'd love to to chat with you and uh for me, this was a, a phenomenally inspirational um, journey. You know, he came, 
you know, we won't go through all the various adventures that he had, but one of the consistencies throughout all of it was, first of all, the therapeutic effects of just being on the water and being able to sort of obviously process his illness, but also the kindness of strangers. And he met lots and lots of people, including um, Dave Cornthwaite, who he was a big fan of uh, while he was going down. So it really is, if if you're looking um, to set out on an adventure, you don't necessarily have to do 2,552 miles but but this what this is a fantastically inspirational book so we'd highly recommend it um, I got mine on on Kindle I presume there's hard copy available but um, but mighty by Mike Cruft and brilliant yeah we'll drop a link in the show notes so you can get um, you can get it on Kindle it's currently like four dollars 23 cents on Kindle and on paperback it's twenty dollars and 99 cents so you save a lot on the Kindle but I just wanted to say one thing about his trip down the Mississippi because it's so it seemed to me so bizarre that Dave Cornthwaite would be the first person to paddle down the Mississippi. Matt Crofton wanted to be the first person to paddle down the Mississippi. And apparently there was another guy as well who was paddling the Mississippi that year. So all these three random people suddenly came together and stand up paddleboarded the Mississippi in, in, in one year, which I think it was 2016. I may be wrong. And uh, one of the things that, that he mentioned on the way, which is obviously familiar to those of us who have been paddleboarding for a long time, is the amount of interest he had. And I think it's, you know, it's a, a bit more regular seeing paddleboarders these days. But back when he was doing this trip back in 2012, you know, you, you got a lot of crowd interest in what you were doing. The idea of standing up on a board was just quite revolutionary. Uh, but, yeah. uh, you know, w- whatever way, you know, you know being the first really wasn't the thing for Matt Crofton. It was the fact that after you know, suffering from such an acute illness and still really being not quite right, uh, he managed to be able to nail it and get all the way down to the, to the Gulf of Mexico, which is phenomenal achievement. Yeah, and it's amazing with adventures like this, though, because like you say, it, it is an amazing feeling being on the water. But do, do you, he didn't say anything that happened after the adventure because I know a lot of adventurers get sort of post-adventure depression. Mm, and, exactly. Um, I remember feeling it a bit as on, on the expeditions as well. You know, you've been paddling solidly for nine days and that becomes your, well, for me, it was only nine days. For him, it was obviously three months. Um, and you feel a sense of, well, what do I do now? It's a bit of like, oh, and it's a bit of a letdown once you've finished. So uh, th- that's maybe something that we can discuss in, in huge and great detail with some of the adventurers coming on. Well, absolutely. I mean, I discussed briefly with uh, with Sean Sykes, who paddled round Wales, and um, when she finished, she actually went out on a paddle the day after. She kind of anticipated that she might have that that problem, but um, but yeah, absolutely. It's you know when you're really focusing on something, it's really difficult to know how to to follow it up, particularly in those immediate moments afterwards. Kind of brings us to the largest, larger than life, Laird Hamilton, and and. I would hope that his first books would be about the history of stand-up paddleboarding because he essentially invented it or brought it back to life from from an ancient Polynesian art form. Mm, exactly. um, would, wouldn't you expect that to be one of his one of his first books? Well, 
um, we've got uh, we've got a couple of books that we're looking at here. We've got Force of Nature and, and Life Rider. Um, I've had Force of Nature for a, a while now and really enjoyed uh, that book. And he does have a section in, in the back of that about stand up paddling and the history of it, and and also some um, some you know tips and um, and advice and so on in there as well as uh, obviously his, his other claim to fame, which is the the toe in surfing and and for, you know working as a uh, innovator on for foiling as well uh, but uh, you know force of nature is is a great book and uh, it, it's kind of a bit like a um, a collection of blog posts really and it talks quite a lot about uh, the mentality of a high-end athlete which which he is he talks a lot about his training uh, both from a sort of kit point of view so you know if you happen to have a, a huge gym facility in your house then he's got you covered on that one but he also covers other things like body weight exercises and he, he's big into yoga as well so he covers that that physical aspect um but you know very he concentrates very much on his mental approach and clearly you know he's got a very successful mental approach both uh, based on both his his sports success um his status as an innovator and also as a businessman because he's got you know all sorts of products all over the place sure do you think the title is referring to himself as a force of nature um well i guess it m must be him then yeah because he's he's the subject of the whole thing um i mean the, the interesting thing about this is it's also got people who he's collaborated with who also sort of write excerpts in there including gabby reese who who's his mm. uh, wife and hugely successful wife. exactly hugely mm. successful mm. athlete in her own right so you know he's uh, not short of confidence my guess would be uh, but uh, quite rightly and uh, i think we can all learn something from him absolutely no definitely learn something from him but you're right he's not short of confidence and and getting to his next book life rider i just would love to read the first couple of you know the first page because um, it's kind of what we were talking about with the confidence. So if you bear with me, I'll just read it quickly. It says, It would be very easy to dismiss Led Hamilton. Many have and still do. Controversial, incorrigible, radical, visionary, revolutionary, disrespectful, disobedient, unpredictable, a dick. Led's emphatic statement that he would take every wave and don't get in my way, big dogs eat first, set him up as a potentially extraordinary yet fairly unpleasant growing master of his art. I mean, that's quite a powerful opening, isn't it? Uh, did he write that? No, because the book wasn't written by him. It's written by Julian Borer as well. Oh. That's the introduction of the book. Oh. Well, funny you should say that, actually, because um, I've written down the um, the first quote from Force of Nature here, and um, it is something that's shared. Um, it's exactly the same opening quote as um, Matt Crofton's Mighty. And it comes from Mark Twain. And um, Matt Crofton, very inspired by Mark Twain, you know, the American um, playwright and author, um, who was in turn inspired by the Mississippi. But um, Laird Hamilton starts his book by saying, 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So throw off the Bolands, sail away from the safe harbour, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream and discover. Oh, it's inspiring. I'm ready to go out and pedal now. Yeah. <laughs> There's another quote from Ned Hamilton in, in his book, um, in Life Rider. It says, you can run, swim, 
dive, fly. You are amazing. You have untapped potential in you that would blow your mind. So, yeah, he's a he's a highly inspirational guy. And mm. uh, he's somebody that a lot of people look up to, us included, because, uh, you know, thanks very much for bringing back Stand Up Paddle. Otherwise, if it wasn't for Laird Hamilton and Dave Kalama, I don't think we would be paddling right now. Yeah, exactly. Dave, Dave Kalama's in this book as well, in The Force of Nature. So, so it's really a, a who's who of stand-up paddle, paddling, you know, particularly in terms of, of Hawaii. So very, very good book. And obviously it's um, – I emailed Led the other day and asked him to be on the podcast, um, but uh, we're still waiting for the response. So <laughs> let's hope we can – if any of you out there have any way of getting in touch with him, we'd love to, uh, we'd love to try, and, try and get involved Fabulous. and get him on the podcast might be difficult but we can try hard mm. well we got kai lenny didn't we maybe we can uh, can put in a word with him exactly yeah so number four in our list of eight books lizzie carr mm. she is billed as the most famous paddler in britain yeah and um from breaking news this week she's um, six months pregnant so congratulations due to her i i had a great chat with her several weeks ago on the podcast uh funnily enough I think, as I mentioned before, we uh, we went to exactly the same university and did exactly uh, the same course. A slight difference in age, but other than that, uh, that, that was quite a coincidence. But uh, she's written one of the most popular paddling books, certainly selling in the UK, obviously, which is uh, Paddling Britain and, and Ireland. And um, when she was on the episode, she talked about where it all started for her um where her paddling started which was uh, recuperating again from illness but uh, on the silly isles which is just off off the coast of cornwall in in the atlantic and the most glorious place to paddleboard it's got its own little microclimate and um, certain sides of the islands are all uh, fairly sheltered and it's all sort of white sand and lovely blue seas so uh, that's one so of the, the key clearly that was one of her is that one of her best places to explore because there's 50 best places to explore in this in this guide this unique guide so it says that Livy, Lizzie Outside, Britain's best-known paddleboarder, uh, is written by her and, and reveals the best 60 best places to go paddleboarding in Britain from Devon and Cornwall to Monmouthshire, Norfolk, Cum Cumbria, and the Cairngorms. I think that'll only mean something to you if you live in the United Kingdom. But uh, anyway, it's a great way to explore. So it also provides a full rundown on everything you need to know for a successful and enjoyable stand-up paddleboarding. Safety tips to kit, weather watching, to paddling responsibly. So it sounds like this book's got everything in it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Loch Lagan is um, her ideal or her favorite uh, scottish paddle alongside um, obviously her, her favorite spot on the uh, on the silly isles but uh, lizzie's also um the owner and um, the creator of plastic patrol which is international an in initiative um in order to log and pick up um, plastic or, or other litter and trash so uh, that's really worth a mention and worth a look and we'll include the link to plastic patrol uh, in the show notes and that's actually included in our list of 14 our guide of the 14 best apps that you need to stand up paddle on which you can get for a limited time on subfm.show so head over there and get that and um, you know one of those one of those apps is the plastic patrol app absolutely really and 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 that and that list is um, that list of apps has been uh, 
pull together by ourselves our favorite apps and includes um, tra- uh, the best tracker apps, the best weather apps. Um, there's even an app on there for uh, tracking um, ship traffic and so on, which is a, oh, a real... Oh, I got totally sucked into that. I know. <laughs> well, I did, I, it's a, I did warn you, you can spend hours on that. It's a bit like that... Um, <laughs> It's a bit like the plane tracker, but it's a ship-based one. So you can see ships and uh, and their passage and where they are anywhere in the world. So, uh, yeah, avoid that if, if I were you, probably, if you want to uh, use your time effectively. looking for cruise liners. Couldn't find mm. any cruise liners. I think they've all been struck off the ocean by COVID-19. But anyway, mm. it's a whole other thing. So um, Lizzie Carr's Paddling Britain is a great read. It's an informative read. It's not a novel. It's a guidebook. And uh, if you're looking to go and find the best spots in the UK to paddle, you can download that from our link in the show notes on www.supfm.show forward slash book club. Moving on, uh, there was a book that was published recently and someone who, again, we want to get on the, the show is Fiona Quinn with her book, Ignore the Fear. And I understand she was making the trip from Land's End to John O'Groats round about the same time as Cal Major. Well, it was interesting because she started two weeks before Cal Major left and um, she finished two weeks after Cal Major finished. So it's kind of like another case of the Mississippi. It was the first time anybody had done this, paddleboarded from one end of the United Kingdom to the other. And there were two people doing it. Now, hers was a very, very different trip to what Cal Major did. And I'm not sure if you've listened to the Cal Major's podcast. I'm going to say mm. you. I don't mean you, Simon. Mm. I mean all of our guys, our people listening. Um, because Cal Major's was, was almost entirely unsupported. I think she had some some support from uh, you know photographic support and everything on, on the way. But she was essentially paddling on her own every single day. Whereas what Fiona did, she organized a boat. Um, to paddle, to to troll alongside her and help her because the the whole thing about this book and it's called ignore the fear, is that she was petrified the whole time and um, and it's quite an interesting angle on an on a sort of adventure expedition book because normally they're all like gung ho and like yeah you know I can take everything on and I can do whatever but this is a completely different angle and it's a very refreshing read and she she did this trip as I said very differently to Carl Major and she had her boat and then what they'd do is they'd They'd troll out on the boat out of uh, a certain out of safe harbors, and then whenever she stopped paddling, they'd mark an X on the GPX, go back to the to the harbor, and then carry on the next day, or when when the weather was sufficiently calm. So it took her a lot longer to do it like that way, but she did a different route completely, and she went from Cornwall. She went right across the Bristol Channel taking in an island across the middle of the Bristol Channel. And that's quite a fascinating place as well. It's one of the highest tidal variances in the world. I think it's about 15 metres or something. Am I right, Simon? Yeah, absolutely. There's only one place in Canada, I think it's the Bay of Fundy or something near Newfoundland, that's got a bigger tidal range. But yeah, to to cross the Bristol Channel, and it's a busy waterway as well. I mean, um, Fiona Quinn, you know, her achievement is absolutely enormous because it was open water the whole whole way around and you know even you know that crossing to Ireland was just absolutely phenomenal so to be honest I'm not surprised she was fearful the whole way I think I probably would have been as well yeah and then she paddled then she paddled up the east coast of Ireland then she crossed back over to Scotland and uh, and went up through there um but yeah she's I just um do you mind if I read a little excerpt from her book 
No, no, you go. So that she just reached Scotland and she's coming into this this really hairy, hairy spot that they had known about. And it starts with saying, calm down, calm down. What's happened? Where are you? I went past the first little island, like you said, but then I started to be pulled towards Corrie I can't fight the tide. It's too strong. What's taking you so long? Don't worry about fighting the tide. Just beat yourself on an island and we'll come and pick you up. I can't. I've been trying that for half an hour and I can't go anywhere. The tide is too strong. That's okay. Don't worry. I'm being pulled towards Corrievrecken. I'm going to die. No, you're not. You're going to be fine. Are there any boats around you? There was one, but it couldn't see me waving. It's over by the coast and heading towards Crinan. I can't see you. Can you describe what's around you? What can you see? And this was her about, a getting, about to be getting um, caught in the whirlpools of Corrievrecken, which are a are, are a, um, a very not- a notorious section of the coastline where all these currents come together and quite a few boats have been lost in the whirlpools that are created by that. And uh, so she was clearly panicking and about to get in there, but she got out okay. But it was it was pretty, pretty tense stuff. Mm. Well, it sounds absolutely horrific. And uh, yeah. support boat wasn't, wasn't nearby. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, absolutely They pulled in terrifying. to get some supplies at the time. So, um, and they said, no, it's fine. You'll, you'll never get there in time by the time we get there. And she'd, she'd motored on because the current took her unexpectedly far. So, uh, mm. yeah, it was a, quite an incredible situation. Mm. Well, certainly, certainly very gung-ho. That's um, an incredible achievement to get um, all the way up there and uh, you know, through the Irish Sea. And, and, and particularly with all the tides and the currents that are running uh, around that area, they're, you know, they're really treacherous. So well done, Fiona. So the next book on our list is um, one by Tristan Gooley, who is a fellow United Kingdom person. Yeah, is that correct? For, he's British. Uh, yeah, and it's and it's. I was just looking at it today, and it's it's incredible. It's how to read water is the title, um, and it's uh, clues and patterns from puddles to the sea. And I kind of I spent a bit of time in the African bush um, looking at um, spores. You know what a spore is like? It's a footprint of an animal, so you can mm. you can read where the animals have been just by looking at their footprints in the sand. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought maybe this is the same thing. Obviously, it's much more complex because if you're looking at it, and and I think what's interesting from what um, Tristan Gooley is saying is that you can actually find out so much about water from observing from the shore and looking how water flows around rocks and how how flows around stones and and looking at puddles Mm. as you can, uh, even more so from when you can in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So what did you get from this book? Well, I've been an admirer of Tristan Gooley's, um, um, his writing for a long time. Um, And he's what's called a, a natural navigator. And he's a explorer in his own right. He Across the Atlantic, um, solo by plane and also by boat, and his thing is to use um, signs on the water and natural signs in order to help him navigate. So, without equipment, without GPS, without maps, and he's taken it to to a bit of an art form. He spent time with you know Polynesian, a, a Micronesian. Um, you know, Pacific Islanders to learn their methods of, of navigating and um, spent time with tribes in the desert and, and so on. So, so there's a huge amount of 
clues that um, that he uses. And there's a huge amount of really useful stuff that he can provide to people on the water in order to to not only help you navigate, but help you manage weather and understand weather and, and tides and winds and currents and so on. Um, so, you know, that, that there's, and there's some great examples he gives. He's essentially like a sort of Sherlock Holmes character. You know, Sherlock Holmes was all about um, the, the clues that people don't necessarily notice. He understands those and interprets them and provides a bit of a fuller picture. And what I've found since I've been um, consuming his books, because they are, they are absolutely fantastic and they're very, very full, is that I notice um, a lot of, of higher variety of things than I would do otherwise. And it allows me to be a lot more sensitive to, to tides and, and weather and be able to manage you know, the safety element, but also, um, you know, the, the interest element of my paddles. And it does make you a whole lot more mindful when you're out on the water. I think it must change your entire view on water because I mean, he doesn't just talk about pools of water and, and oceans. He talks about lakes and the color of water, the sound of water, reading waves, currents and tides of water at night. And uh, he's got a he's got a chapter on ship watching. Is that where you found out about the, your fascination with uh, ship watching apps? No, no, that uh, that came both before, during, and after uh, reading the book. Um, <laughs> but you know, f- f- he he talks about sea fog and sea breezes, and I know that there are a lot of um, new paddlers out there at the moment, and. I haven't seen a better explanation of tides and how they work than I've seen in this book. Um, but, you know, it's not just about oceans. Obviously, oceans are very, very complex with the tides and currents and so on. But he also talks a lot about uh, rivers and lakes and so on. And, um, you know, it's just fascinating beginning to end. And, um, you know, he talks a lot about nature and animals and observing their behaviours. So, you know, it's just got absolutely loads of information in but it's not just a guidebook because he's a very good writer and he tells stories in there as well and illustrates things to keep them alive. So I would highly recommend this book if you want to get to know more about water and, and how it works. And it's, it works internationally, so it's not just UK-based examples. Excellent. So the last book on our list is by Wallace J. Nichols called The Blue Mind. I had a chance to look at a couple of his videos on YouTube. And, and it's fascinating because I think a lot of people have done a lot of research into the green mind. And they're talking about how the calming effects of ocean and the calming effects of nature and how they're using it for post-traumatic stress disorder and all psychotherapy. And I remember a long time ago reading about um, psychologists just suggesting you, if you're feeling a bit troubled, just go sit on the water, sit on the ocean, sit on the shore. Mm. And watch the waves rolling in, and that, and that sort of cadence of the waves and the rhythmic rhythmicness is that a word? The ryth- yeah. rhythm, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the rhythm of the waves will just calm your mind. And and he goes into this in great detail into yeah. into the calming effects and restorative well, effects. Well, I mean, it's always been something that people have suspected, but uh, these days, are uh, you know, very clever neuroscientists can actually look at, at the behaviour of the brain when it's sort of in a scanner, when you sort of show it images of water and, and you know, waves breaking and or even sitting by a nice peaceful lake. And, you know, water is such an important part, you know, not just physically because we 
you know, was it seventy percent water we are, or something like that? Uh, but um, but there's a massive affinity between um, our brains. They're designed to react positively to water, and and it radiates calmness. And you know, there's a lot of post-traumatic therapies, particularly military based um which are related to to surfing or just spending time on the water but um you know it, it it's it, it's got a great affinity to to paddle boarding particularly because it, um, paddle boarding creates flow it's called you know concentration you need to basically keep your awareness at all times and the other thing is you need to keep awareness of the conditions because every time you go out on the water it's going to be subtly different from any other time you go and you know and that's practicing mindfulness right there isn't it i mean just ex- exactly. just focusing on something yeah. else other than your thoughts and uh, i actually wrote an article a few years ago uh, now for SUPMAG uk which talked about um, the benefits of stand up paddle boarding for the mind so we talked about the sort of meditative um, qualities uh, but also the 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 learning aspects to it so and and the fact that you can adjust it to make it as difficult or not as, as you want so it is a, a scalable sport in the way that surfing isn't because that's very specific about the conditions you need to be out in um so so sup is very good i think you know and and very um close to this sort of blue mind situation and nature as well i mean as you said you know we're out there we're we're doing uh we're doing the stuff in in nature and one of the other arguments that he talks about towards the back end which i've found fascinating is um if you don't see the effects of trash or pollution then generally as human beings we don't worry about it and something that's run through all of our episodes um, this season has been the, the ecological piece lots of people have have really discovered a, an absolute horror and terror of the amount of trash that's there in our waterways um by being out there and observing it and i think that stand up paddle boarding you can't fail to to be concerned when you're out there and you notice it and i think you know there's a potential real force for for good if all paddle boarders can keep sharing their instagram images of being out there you know having a lovely time and encouraging more and more people to get out in the water because it's only by seeing the, these problems that um, we're ever going to sort it out Absolutely. And Sup Garbage Man, who we just interviewed, you just interviewed last week, was uh, a great example of that. And I'm interviewing um, a chap from Plastic Tides very, very shortly. And so that'll, you know, re-strengthen or strengthen that whole argument as well. So it's looking forward to a lot of that because it's it's a a tremendous problem and uh, something that hopefully we're winning against, but I don't think so. But uh, but it did, you know, reading this book did solve a couple of problems for me because I, I've told on the podcast a couple of times about my first discovery of stand up paddle boarding, which was in horrendous conditions with a huge headwind and it was horizontal rain. And um, and I went out and did a very hard paddle up wind and fell in loads and by any rights that should have turned me off the, the sport but you know just just the um just the enjoyment of being out there in nature and with the water apparently that's something that we're all hardwired for so it shouldn't have been a surprise after all i'm, I'm gonna go out tomorrow morning i'm all pumped <laughs> <laughs> 
Great. Well, Simon, thanks so much for, for doing all that research on these eight books. And uh, guys out there, I think um, if you read some of these books, change your whole perception of paddleboarding and just get you more into it and, and more focused on it. So check out our show notes. As I said, www.supfm.show forward slash book club. And we'll list all those books there and you can just go click them and get them from Amazon. Yeah, just thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. We're trying to build um, an email list so we can actually understand who you are because um, we know there's thousands and thousands of you listening to our podcast and we're really stoked about that. So, so first of all, we want to say thank you for that. We really do appreciate you listening. And secondly, come and join us. We, we're creating a community via email. We're starting it off with email and we'd really love to continue that with virtual paddles, um, and hopefully even physical meetups. So um, we'd love to try and build a community together and uh, and do some really fun things because, you know, mm. we can do lots of things when we're together. Absolutely. And we've got some great collaborations uh, coming up as well. Um, and we're covering a number of, of subjects, which I know particularly new paddleboarders would be very, very keen on. So um, keep listening out, join our email list. And as we mentioned, if you do want our free guide to apps, then come onto the website, sign up and we'll send you that for free. That's at subfm.show. Thanks very much and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Sup FM, the number one podcast for stand-up paddlers wherever you are. If you like what you've heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. Until then, we'll see you on the water.